Welcome to Ideas into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. As you heard, Ideas into Reality is produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking, a not-for-profit, member-based association. We're a community of entrepreneurs, freelancers, business owners, and collaborative, community-focused individuals who want to be part of a supportive and connected ecosystem. Our members are why we exist, and each member brings unique value, experience, and character to our community. You can see who our members are on our website. Just head to canvascoworking.com.au forward slash members. We help our members access a variety of goods and services to grow scalable and sustainable businesses, such as discounts with Amazon, Stripe and HubSpot, and local businesses like childcare services. We offer several membership options to suit the needs, budget and interests of our diverse community, with community membership starting at just $10 a month. I first met this week's guest when she was pitching her story on stage at the Western Downs Pitch Challenge. Candace Mason is the founder of My Felt Lady, an e-commerce store that sells 100% wool felt. Though the real purpose is to inspire creative inspiration in the minds and hearts of crafters all over the country. Candace is one of the lovely ladies in the Flair Incubator and is working hard preparing her business and herself to grow internationally. Thank you for joining me today, Candice. I'm looking forward to hearing your story and sharing it with everybody. So we might start off with you just doing a quick intro of yourself and My Felt Lady. Lovely. Um, well, thanks for asking me to come along to Joy. Um, so My Felt Lady is uh, predominantly an online retail business. We sell 100% um, merino wool felt and South African um, pure new wool felt all across Australia and, and a little bit around the world. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful product. You use it for crafts. You can use it for decor and uh, for furnishings and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, luscious product. And do you want to just tell everyone where you are in the world and a little bit about you? Yes. Uh, so I am in Chinchilla. Now, it's about four and a half hours west of Brisbane in Queensland um, and all of this um, like this whole My Felt Lady world is done from my little home. Um, and, yeah, and I am a happily married lady with two beautiful children and a gorgeous little fluffy white dog. 
<laughs> and I can attest to all of that. I have seen the fluffy dog and he's very cute and the kids are too. <laughs> yeah, they're cute too. <laughs> so my fat lady's been going for a little while now, but I'm keen to know what was actually going on in your life when you got the idea to start a business online. I woke up one morning, I found out that there was a new um, new craft store that opened in town and um, I'd also heard that they might be looking for people and I was having a lot of trouble trying to find work that fit in with my little, little family life back then. I had uh, my daughter was only a few months old and my son was um, nearly two and um, yeah, I just really was keen to get back into it and um, I just literally dropped the kids off to daycare one day and drove down and walked into this lady's shop and I was like hey you want to hire me it actually worked out really well I ended up being her marketing and sales manager for about a year and then unfortunately in town uh, the gas industry um, had declined and a lot of people in in the region had lost their job and I was one of them Um, And whilst I was sitting there, I thought, this is so volatile. I couldn't find a job to start with. And then I found myself really wondering, what could I do? I have such, like, I just love love being in the sales industry, love being in the customer service industry. What could I do that could fit those aspirations? Because the way I really looked at it was that my husband was the one who was who was working really hard, really long hours, and we both decided that one of us would stay home and raise our children until they went to school. And um, as it turned out, he had he had the job that was bringing in a household income, and I was able to look after the children, so it would be ideal that I would go to um, some part-time work, and it was just really difficult to actually find. And... Um, so I had to really sort of sit there and think, what could I do that wouldn't require me to physically leave my home to go and go and work? And a lot of people were doing um, some online um, stores, and I thought, well, with my sales background, surely, surely this is easy. Surely this is something I could pick up. And pretty much, it just it just sort of started with an idea. And whilst I wasn't always thinking about craft as as the sales area or the e-commerce area that I was going to go into um, the reason why I wanted to do that particularly because of how crafting made me feel it was a lovely way to um, let go of anxiety and you know the the sort of quiet life of, of country living and I yeah I really enjoyed that side of things so I was like well other people obviously do because you know after working for um, the craft store in town, it was it was obvious that, you know, people love it here. So, yeah, and I thought, well, I'll just give it a quick go. You know, I'll start, I'll start selling online and I had a chat with my husband and, yeah, I started, started researching and then pretty much decided, yep, okay, so craft is going to be a great thing. It's a consumable product. People come back again and back again for buying the same sort of thing and, yeah, and thought, okay well just literally I just quite literally gave it a go and yeah <laughs> just with not a lot of research I wish I'd have done a bit more research but yeah quite quite literally <laughs> it's just oh 
if I could, if other people can do it, I'll give it a go. <laughs> That's it. I think it's so great that you saw that there was an opportunity for you to contribute to your household, obviously do something, but really make it fit in around what you and your husband had decided was important for you as a family and that was having someone at home with the kids. So I think it's really great that you saw outside the box and didn't go, oh, I can't get a part-time job here in town, so I'll just take a full-time job and we'll just put the kids in care. If that wasn't what your wasn't what you both wanted, I think it's great that you sought out another solution uh, for that, which is is really good. So you've got the idea and you said, I just got started. What did you actually do to start? Okay, so I did some research online. I really didn't want to do the Etsy thing or the eBay thing. I just thought every man and his dog does that. What I wanted to try and create was something different, something unique, um, possibly a tutorial-based or blog-based um, with with products to uh, accommodate that. And um, I happened to stumble across a company in in New South Wales that distributed, uh, sorry, that distributed Australian designers' patterns. And I thought, great. Aussie made, Aussie designed, Aussie owned. Let's really, let's really stick with that. Um, so I invested uh, about, I think it was about $1,500 worth of um, money in the patterns, um, which were hard copies and started to create some stir on Facebook. So a lot, well, obviously before that, like I did the Facebook page, thought about a business name. Um, Instagram wasn't a thing back then but um, yeah started to create a stir with um, trying to get some people to like the page and create uh, sort of an atmosphere to show people what we were planning on doing and um, the support was really lovely you know getting friends and family and and um, other other crafty friends on board as well and then when we launched in um, August uh, it was 2013. Um, it took 11 days to get my first sale, and I had never been so happy. It was like my Christmases came at one. That one person, so her name was Christine, I will never forget it. That one person, she got the most loveliest wrapped one little hard copy pattern. <laughs> It was such overkill. I probably made no profit, but I was so happy. <laughs> oh, the exhilaration from, um, you know, finally finally getting some sales. That was, yeah, that was quite, you know, it was just, yeah, amazing. Um, also to go back a little bit too, so I, like I said before, I didn't want to be at Etsy on eBay or, or whatnot. And I saw some people doing... Um, like on WordPress and, and it was just too complicated for me. I wanted something that was simple and streamlined and after quite a bit more research, Shopify was um, going to be something that worked for me. It was easily integrated. It was, um, you could, it had tons of free themes and it was, oh gosh, it was so easy to use. So, yeah. Fabulous. I'm keen to know, was it My Felt Lady from the very beginning or did you have another name when you first started? Oh, no, it wasn't My Felt Lady. So she um, came about in 2017, but when the business started, um, I was called Rose Petals 
um, Rose Petal Collections. Um, Rose is my middle name, and I didn't. And we were trying to think of a name that um, had a like sort of was able to share that it was a collection of something, but um, Rose Petals was you know because I have a love of roses of also a middle name of that and um, yeah so we we created that and that was that was that for probably so, so yeah for quite a few years before I turned into the felt lady so yeah. <laughs> so great to hear that you embrace the need to change at some point as well and we'll get more into that in a little bit but the remembering the name of that first client remembering what it felt like I think that's really special because when we put our heart and soul into something, you want to know that somebody wants it and, and that first person that responds is just treasured. So that's it fantastic. Is, it is. And we did a lot of competitions in the early days too, you know, because whilst um, it was a great idea to launch, you know, a website, you've, you've got to get some sort of, uh, what do you, like you've got to get some sort of, people have got to believe who you are first. They, they have to, um, understand that you're a real person that you live in a small or live in a town somewhere in a little house somewhere that the and where the products are coming from people really do feel like that connection is is needed before they hand over their money I, like I believe that truly and still to this day we we focus on that as part of our customer service and um yeah when when we had when we purchased these goods from my from the supplier, uh, these patterns, um, part of their um, part of their discounts was that you got a free patterns for a certain amount of purchase, and we used those to do competitions on Facebook to raise our profile, like to increase our fans, um, and that worked really well. So we did that for probably about four weeks before we physically launched our store. So when we launched our store, the traffic was high. But yeah, like I said, it still took 11 days to, to get that, you know, pay me stage through. Um, but yeah, and then it just sort of flowed on from, from there, like a few more sales started to come through and yeah, and then we started to notice a couple of other things that weren't going as well as I thought they should be. <laughs> and there'll always be a lot of learning. To, to learn how to do Facebook, was that something that you'd done before then? Like had you just been a, a user of Facebook or had you ever created a community on Facebook beforehand? Never, never. And I'm the type of person that I like to click on things and see how they go. I, I really, I just have that. You know, I just feel like I've got that confidence. Oh, I see what this button does. And and definitely a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like that helped. But I I think back in those days, it was a lot easier to create pages and it was a lot easier to um, build your profiles back then. Um, I, I, I feel like it's a little bit more difficult now because people are less likely to be click happy. I felt like they were very click happy happy back in the early days to like pages because it was so new as as you know you know this is going back six years Facebook has what been around for 10 years I think um yeah about 10 years so they were still in the early stages where you know all of your feeds were coming up in 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 someone's personal feed um or, or sorry all of your posts were coming up in the feed there was no um changes to how their algorithms would stop your posts from being viewed as many times so yeah, so I just, I, for me, I was just wanted to get in and have a go because I knew at worst 
what we, what was the what was the worst thing that could happen and I couldn't think of anything couldn't think of any risks that would stop me from thinking okay what what would go really bad by opening a Facebook page what would go really bad by creating an online website to sell craft goods like yeah we we did our risk analysis and they weren't they weren't that high I felt especially when we were just such a small such a small little business with a few hard copy patterns sitting on the shelf. So the fact that you're now my felt lady, obviously something happened along that journey. <laughs> so you started off selling hard copy patterns, you had a Facebook page, you were rose petal collections. What happened along that way? What did you learn? What Ooh, did you go through? Well, it was really quickly. So it it start, I started to notice that, uh, especially since I was learning more about the designers of the patterns that I was selling, I started to notice that sales weren't as good as how I felt they should be. And the more research I did, the more I noticed that, hey, hard copy patterns, whilst great, they're better in, in brick and mortar stores. They're not as good online because the designers themselves sold PDF versions on their pages, which were less than the price of a hard copy. And then you had to add postage on top. And when we did the risk on that, based on those um, other contributing factors, it was a no-brainer. Something had to change. Um, and it was one day a customer messaged me and she said, I love these patterns. I really do prefer the hard copies, but I just need the felt. I can't find the felt anywhere. Um, and I had already purchased some really crappy um, felt from um, spotlight stores or like from um, Lincraft. And while I say, when I say crappy, I just mean like when I was trying to sew with it, it was just falling to pieces. And, and I and I even then didn't realise the attributes of the product, um, that there are different types out there. Um, and when she told me more about it, I started to talk to the designers and then I started to research the product. And then I noticed there were literally two companies in Australia that were selling 100% wool felt. And I thought to myself, if these designers are making, because you can see on Etsy how many sales they make for their PDF versions, if they're making these sales and people don't have access to um, 100% wool felt, then where in the world is it coming from? So, yeah, I, I went back to my husband, <laughs> had a little bit more of a chat, and whilst we both understood that this was more of an investment, um, at the very least, I was going to be able to, like even back then I was actually sewing and, and making um, some soft toys and things and going to market, it would allow me to purchase wholesale. And so my input cost for making soft toys was going to be very low. Um, and that was going to start off there. And then so... After a little bit more research online, I found a company in the US um, that had really good rates, exported into Australia, um, and I bet I purchased my first batch. And I tell you what, when it turned up, I thought, "What? Why are why aren't people using this? Who like this is something that not even I feel like. Where has this been all my life? This is so beautiful." The the, the density of the product it was luscious in color the first time I cut it and started sewing hand sewing with it I thought this is so so soft and so easy it was just 
it was something I thought, wow, I, like, I, like I feel like I fell in love with it. It was like, and I felt like, God, oh, this is, this is going to be really cool. Um, so then I started to list some of the colours online and do some kits uh, with the patterns. And all of a sudden, a week later, I had sold out of the first batch and I only got to use about half a dozen sheets to make some things for my own uses. And that's when I realised this is where it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, pretty much dropped the, the um, like hard copies of the patterns and started to import more felt. And it was literally growing year after year after year when finally one day I became the felt lady. <laughs> and the process, sorry, imagine giving up rose petal collections and, and all that you'd built in that what was that like to go, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore? Did you did you actually transition your customers? Did you let them know and take them on a journey or did you just one day Well, we change? sat with the, yeah, sorry, um, we sat with the felt and the hard copy patterns, you know, as a as it, the hard copy patterns became a side part of it as a, as a little extras. And when we realised felt was going to be my journey, I really went with my gut because I thought one of the best things a business can do is to find their niche and to find what what is the one thing that they are solving because we talk a lot about, you know, what problem are we solving? And the problem that I wanted to solve was the, the use of 100% wool felt in everyday crafting because of not only just because of how pretty it is, but the wheel, like, if you don't know, wool has such incredible benefits. And being a country girl, I thought how much this fit in with my life and my ethics and how I feel about, you know, our, our farming and our country and how this product has so much meaning, um, especially, you know, um, you know, where we from where we come from. And you just I just kept thinking this is this is going to be a great product to to bond myself to um and I was really very happy to to sort of set aside rose petal collections and then become my felt lady I did have like because my parents um who have been with me through the whole journey were like don't change your name that is that is business suicide and I said since when is it business suicide and and dad was like Candy you just if you do this, you won't be able to go back. And I said, go back to what? It wasn't working. Um, and this this is going to be who I am. And and I feel like the even the name, My Felt Lady, it's a persona as well. It, it really shows people who I am. And then along with that sort of, you know, the felt part of the business, you know, because it feels good. It felt great. And, um, yeah, it for me, I, I had no trouble doing it. I did have a lot of people saying, don't do it. It's, it's not a good idea. But my gut kept telling me, no, this is, this is, I can do this because if I, I believed in myself that much and the product that I knew it was going to be something that I would do the rest of my life. Did you come up with the name yourself? Did you think of that? <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> no, I didn't come up with the name. We can thank, um, we can thank Donna from the Chinchilla News Agency. I waltzed in there one day um, 
I think it was after the, it was about a week or so after the Chinchilla Melon Festival um, a few years back. And she went at the top of her lungs, oh, there's the felt lady. And I went, you know what? I am. And so that's where it, the felt lady came about. And then I started to consider, wow, that is kind of who I am and what I do. And then when I was talking to my friend Lauren, um, she goes, you know what? One, it's, it's, you know, it sounds really lovely. Be my felt lady. Because then when you talk to other people, they say, oh, where do you get your felt from? And they say, you should, you should, yeah, I guess my felt lady. Oh, yeah. So where do you get your felt from? My felt lady. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how she came about. <laughs> Fabulous. I think it's so great to hear as well that other people contributed to that and people that you, you know, are connected yeah. with and that know you and, and see parts of you that maybe other people that don't know you so well might not see as well, which is really great. <laughs> so obviously a few things went really well, a few things maybe not quite so well in that journey. So since transitioning to be my felt lady, what's that road been like? as this new name, like you made that transition, how did it go in those early stages and then what's sort of happened since? Yeah, um, so one of the most beautiful things that I found was how amazing my customers were, especially on um, my private um, Facebook groups, like the private business groups that we have. Um, I told them straight up this is what was happening and soon you'll see these changes all over the website and I think my um the felt lady or back then the rose petal collections um group page literally everyone who was a part of the group literally everyone commented and shouted to the top of the roof wow that's awesome that's exactly how we see you um so even with, I think there, at the time there was only about 60 people on that page and, um, yeah, every one of them just said how cool it was and how amazing it sounded. And the transition was so easy even following that, um, you know, following their input, which was great. Um, and when we changed the website to, you know, show the persona of my felt lady um you know the colors and the visual sort of look and feel of of it it was just received so well throughout the community um lots you know the first email that went out you know new look new name new me um it just yeah i got emails from people phone calls from people just like this is so lovely this is exactly this is exactly who we think you are and yeah love the name and that sort of thing so, yeah, it went really, really well. Um, so, yeah, in answer to your second question, following that, um, yeah, some of, the, some of the things that we really started to notice that were problematic for us were just, just getting the product in. Um, we were literally just recycling our profit, growing the business. As the business grew, we needed more product lines and um, demand was high. And we just, unfortunately, at the time, we, we weren't meeting demand. And I started to see that whilst we were continuing to have year-on-year -year growth, the the profit line wasn't as high or anywhere near where I wanted it to be. Um, 
So that's when I started to research um, rural programs for businesses that could aid um, you or guide me into, you know, raising my felt lady above and beyond because at that point, that's when my children were starting school. So I suddenly had more hours to put into the business. Um, and then the more hours I put in, the less, like I wasn't, not less sales were coming out. That I just, there wasn't as much, um, what's the word? Like, it, no, I, don't, I don't want to say profit either, but I just want to say like, you know, when you, you sort of see that your business is going, your, your business is growing each each month and each year and you can see it going somewhere. I could just, for some reason, I could just see something's going to go wrong very quickly. And if I don't start making changes now with the business, we are, I'm going to end up in the red. This is not, you know, this is not where I want to be. Um, so, yeah, then came to town, um, the Business Navigators Western Downs, and I enlisted in their aid. Um, where of their financial assistance and their um, their business assistance, and we really started to hone in on um, certain things like you know the financials and um, you know the growth and where the well you know the product line where it was coming from and and that sort of thing. So yeah, we really started to learn more about how to structure the business processes and and that sort of thing too. So yeah, that's where. In, in my sense, you know, I feel like my business was growing a bit like my children. You know, they were in the baby stage and now they're going to school and all of a sudden they're going to be learning a lot more and they're going to be under a lot more pressure. I felt like that's where I was as well. I'm going to be learning a lot more. I'm going to be under a lot more pressure. What can I do to make sure we don't end up in a position where I'm working late at night? Because that wasn't my view. My view has always been. This business is here as the cream for our family and I need to be there for my children. I was starting to work late and I was starting to um, spend more time in the office in the afternoons when they came home from school and that was not our original plan. We, you know, we go back to when we were sitting down and we were talking about what we wanted for our family and, yeah, that's where I started to see some, some issues and, yeah, that's where, I, that's where I've sort of ended up a few years back with trying to trying to grow the business in a way that would make sure it fits in with the family but also be profitable as well because no one wants to run a business that is profitable. <laughs> we do tend to like sustainability in all areas of our life and I think uh, looking at that and, and knowing why you're doing something is really important but it has to it has to pay for itself and and give you that cream. That's why you were doing it was for the cream on top and but it had to fit in so I think being really clear about why you wanted it from the very beginning is is certainly important because it gave you that to go back to. So great to hear that you you knew yeah. that. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. Yeah. Now, you've obviously achieved a lot over that time and there's been things that you've learned, lessons that you've learned, and we're continually learning lessons every day. But I'm sure there's, other than your very first sale, some other moments that you're particularly proud of. So do you want to tell us about one or more of those? Okay, um, one of probably one of the proudest moments that I have, and it happens probably literally weekly, multiple times a week, um, is how we are connecting with our customers. I tend to 
get a little bit more invested personally than what I think most people think you should do as a business. But just to sort of take you a tiny bit back, um, I grew up in Quilpie in southwest Queensland and my mum and dad, Debbie and Doug, they owned um, the home hardware service in Quilpie. It um, was their whole life. They built it, they grew it, and we grew with them and used to work there as well as as we got older. And one of the things that I noticed, which for me was normal, um, and I look now, I look at all the blogs and things about, you know, how customer service and work-life balance. And my dad used to leave his breakfast table and go over and open up the back gate so um, one of the builders could pop in and grab a few extra pieces of plywood for a build he's doing. And he would come back and mum would reheat his coffee and they would we would sit back down and continue eating. That was our life. I thought that was normal. And I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. It was good because what it taught me was that if you've got to do something in a town that small, there's 600 people in town, you've got to put in the extra mile. You've really got to understand what a customer needs and how you can make their lives better, even by opening up your door that hour earlier and letting someone come in before they go to work. Like that will meet that will make their day. And then that person will tell somebody else. And then that person will come back with their friend. And it just it's a flow on effect. And that is how we run our business. And on a weekly basis we'll get emails with people from people showing us their creations on what they make and how that made a little bit of difference in their life. And you can feel it in the words, you can feel it in the the phone calls that we have. Um, I'll often often spend 20 minutes talking to a customer and we're not talking about felt or about crafts, we're talking about our chooks or or flowers in the garden or or whatever. Um, And that connection is what it really means to me when it comes to owning a business it's 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 something that we have i've absolutely loved i really really find that that is one of the most wonderful achievements that that anyone can have as the business if you can connect with your customers in a way that is personal um and if in some way you can make their day by doing one very small thing that is at no cost then you'll make you, you they'll come back and that's that's they love that so yeah that's definitely one thing that I enjoy on a on a weekly basis which is great um another achievement that we had um in recent years I was in a pitch challenge um which my god is very (laughs) nerve-wracking I don't like it at all getting up on stage and Telling people about my life or about what I, you know, what I would like to achieve my business. This is easy talking to you here, Joy. This is great. This is a lot easier. But standing up in front of a bunch of people and and trying to remember words is just nearly impossible for me. But um, I I did a bit a, a pitch challenge through Business Navigators Western Downs and I got through to the finals and I became runner up and I won two thousand dollars to go towards the business. Um. Regardless of not actually winning, what flowed on from that were the um, uh, the newspaper write-ups, um, yeah, a lot more business, um, yeah, you know, it sort of 
it sort of made my business become even more real, you know, more reputable. So, yeah, um, those probably two most stick out um, for me. But it's probably something else um, that whilst it's still not my felt lady um, related, it was my daughter who came up to me a few years back and she said, Mummy, I've decided I'm going to run my own business. I'm going to make T-shirts and I'm going to call them Tilly Tees. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, my gosh. I look at the effect my parents had on me with customer service and what you do for, for your community. And now I look what my children have grown up with. They've literally lived their whole lives watching their mum. Sorry, I'm trying not to get teary. <laughs> watching their mum um, grow a business in our home, delivering orders. Like my daughter used to deliver orders for me to the post office. And now here she is. She's six years old. And she's decided she's going to run her own business and she still talks about it. And I think to myself, look at what we are growing. We're growing little women. And even my son too, he wants to have his own YouTube channel. He's decided he wants, and I'm like, go for it, guys. Don't think that you have to run under someone. You make your own journey. So, yeah. <laughs> that's certainly something to be proud of. And I'm teary now too. So, <laughs> so that's wonderful. <laughs> But I think it is great and I think we do learn from what we see and it's a, it's a little hashtag thing, you know, if I can see it, I can be it. We do believe that. We see these role models in our life and if, if it's our mother, we're really fortunate. Otherwise, we sometimes have to look further afield to find find someone who's doing something that we admire and if it's not obvious, it's very difficult for kids to understand that this is possible because they've never seen it where your kids are seeing it day in, day out. And yeah, they love it. And uh, I'll just add a little caveat for anyone listening. I run a kids computer programming club here in Toowoomba. And we often have kids say, I want to be a YouTube this or that. And, and their parents are like, oh, please talk them out of it. And I'm like, no, no. If they are comfortable to record a video about something, like they've got a topic, they plan it out, they record it, they learn how to publish it online, they learn how to promote themselves, they are incredibly valuable skills. So long as they're not taking their clothes off or talking about something that they shouldn't be talking about, <laughs> then it's fine. Yeah. And they're not, you know, then, you know, don't tell you where you live or anything like that, of course. You, oh, but if, you, if you're doing it with them, then they're not doing it behind your back and, and you can help them learn how to do it properly, which is wonderful. So I'm just going to throw that little thing in there for anyone who's yeah, listening no, that I, might have kids in the, same, in the same boat. I absolutely agree. If your child literally comes up to you and says, I want to run a business and I'm going to create um, frilly skirts for chook and I'm going to make a living out of it, so be it. Do it. And if it's in, if it's something that you aspire to do and you can make a living out of it, holy moly, absolutely. You've got to be able to be okay in knowing that you, if, if it's something that makes you happy, then absolutely. You've really got to, you've got to, you've got to let them have these aspirations and, and you've got to feed them with that. You know, she was drawing that afternoon. I basically gave her a template of a T-shirt and I said here, and I, put, I put a square in the middle. And I said, here's a really good area where you put stuff on a shirt. And she made like 
11 different types of designs and yeah we work on that all the time and we talk about how how that would grow and what we could do to grow that and and um I said to her when she gets when she gets a little bit older when she's nine and ten years old we will get serious about this so yeah and in the meantime her ideas might evolve and change and she might want to do something else and that's okay as well and I think when they're little the opportunity for them to learn that some things work and some things don't and they don't have to live off it because obviously you're still going to keep feeding them but yeah. you can you can let them experiment with something and you can whether you you fund them with 20 bucks or 50 bucks or something to get started and they have to learn how to budget a bit and they have to learn what it how much exactly. can I sell this for like they're such valuable skills life so. skills that will teach them like they'll be able to budget they'll be able to do financial like Running a business is so beneficial when it comes to, you know, household life as well because all of a sudden, you know, you realise you've got to get your financials in a row and then I've learned a lot more which has helped us in our own home life financially. Um, and, yeah, and having those um, having those skills is a great way to, to grow and like you said, if it doesn't work out and they don't like it, they can move on. It's, it's you know, it's not the end of the world and it's not as if you're going to, you're not going to straight up invest, you know, $10,000 in, in something. You, yeah. So you, you, you do it smartly and, and yeah. Love it. Now, you just talked about grow there. So I know that for My Felt Lady, you've got some plans for the future. So do you want to share with us a little bit about what is this next stage looking like and, and where are you at and how's it going and, and what are the plans that you can share at the moment? Yes. Um, so right now um, we are in the Flare Incubator Program, um, which is helping female-led businesses in rural areas grow their business. And um, it couldn't have come at a better time for My Felt Lady because we, we are super ready for growth. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really keen to grow overseas because the way I look at it, our product is so loved by Australians all over the country. And I think great. So we've got the platform, we've got the, we've got the niche here. Um, what makes me different overseas? And whilst I still can't touch too much on that, um, we know that the UK market is a definite first start and then we'll be heading to the US um, with a similar platform uh, with a business model to go into the US as well. So, yeah, it's so exciting. I just, and so overwhelming and I'm tired, but it's so good. <laughs> I'm just, last, uh, this week, um, my two children are now in after school care just two days a week because um, I still feel like they need to have a mother in their life. Um, so, yeah, we uh, they started going there and I did my first, li literally my first nine to five hours ever in the business. And the stuff I got done that day was insane. I, I created a new business affiliate and launched a product that morning. Um, we tidied up some things off like so rather than being on the computer all day it was the that was really the only computer time I had there were about 11 things that needed to be done in the craft room um, you know releasing new product lines and um, creating some new kits and 
doing something that didn't involve me being on a computer, um, which was great. Um, and I got to really hone in on those things. And then we also developed, whilst I was off the computer and away from technology and talking to my staff member, I came up with three new beautiful product ideas that would be great for the business. So, yeah, so we, um, yeah, whilst it's all so daunting and, and whatever, this, this, this program seems to be really bringing out my creative side, which is why I started the business in the first place. And, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And, um, yeah, still very tiring, still, still full on, but yeah, no, nothing ever, um, what's the saying you know you can't get something for nothing you've got to put in the the hard work to to get out of it what you want and certainly got a lot out of it on those two days that's good I think one of my favorite quotes is dreams only work if you do so yeah I like that one yep and and I've got to say I mean my kids were in full-time care after school like from birth basically and they're still alive and well-functioning children. So don't stress yourself out. If you're putting your kids in after-school care for a couple of days a week, it'll teach them some new life skills as well. So that's a, yeah. a good thing. I really I really had to sort of stop myself. It was Wednesday afternoon. So yesterday afternoon. Oh, is it yesterday? No. Yeah, today's Friday. Um, it was Wednesday afternoon and um, I was actually sort of walking around about quarter past four because um, I, hadn't, I, hadn't, I had planned it would just be till five. And I was walking around at quarter past four. I'm like, I'm actually trying to look for something to do to fill in these hours. But all I could think about was picking up my kids. And so I did. I went and picked up my children because I missed them. And and um, I, I had completed the task that I needed to do. And there was really no, like, there could have been, like, 10 other reasons why I could have stayed in the office for another 45 minutes. But I didn't need to. It wasn't urgent. So I took the time aside and I was like, yeah, I can go and pick up the kids. And, and we did. And it was a lovely afternoon. So, yeah. That's good. But even a couple of extra hours, like not watching the clock at 2 o'clock until 2.30 or 2.45 until you have to leave yeah. to just be That's able to right. keep working through and then go, okay, 4 o'clock-ish, I'm, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling done and, and I'm ready yeah. to go. So that's great. Really good news for both of you, your kids and you. Yes. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Now, I imagine not only in your town, but anywhere you travel and even with the clients that you talk to as well, probably some of them have got ideas for businesses. If one of them was to say to you, hey, Candice, I've got this idea for a business, and obviously with your kids, you've got them as well, but what would you want them to know before they started? So what are some of those key lessons that you've learned that you'd like someone else to to learn from your experience? Definitely. Um one of the things in the Flare program that we've been working a lot on is, you know, doing up a business plan and working out who our customers are and um, really, really planning out stages of, of how you even begin to launch a business or, or how you want to grow it or what even what you want to sell. Um, those few things I feel would have been a lot more beneficial for me in the early days because I know I say you know it took 11 days um, for the first sale to come in but I stressed every day all I could think about was the money I'd put into the business and for 11 days I stressed and whilst yes we could have done a hundred different things to make that better most definitely the one piece of advice or like the few pieces of advice I could do is definitely start by um, researching who your customers are, 
what you are selling, who else is selling it, who's going to be um, your competitors, who and, and what what's the what's the market price of your product, um, and what what is it that you do that is going to be different to the rest of them. That's probably one of the first things I would try because whilst in the early stages I said to myself I want to sell products online and I want to run a business from home, I didn't really think about who my customers were, how I was going to get in contact with them, what content they were going to be interested in. Um, those are really, really important things for anyone who wants to start a business. What What do you do that makes, that is different to everybody else? Like what, what, um, oh, what did I say before? What, what problem are you solving? Um, you know, and definitely one of the things that I'm loving in it at the moment is working out our customer segments, you know, their jobs, pains and gains, you know, um, that, that is like whilst very, very, you know, full on and, and just about hurts my head. It is actually a lot of fun because you get, you, you can actually ask those questions while you're talking to customers and you can, you just quickly just slide in a quick, oh, so um, what do you like to do outside crafting or whatever? Like, you know, if we're in a conversation, if I know them well enough. um, Yeah, and we're able to gain a lot of that information. Whilst that's hard when you first start a business, it is good to do some research first before you even think about launching it. You know, sit down with pen and paper, get about six books if you need it. Write write things down that you what what you think you could do that would solve someone else's problem. So yeah. I love hearing people just put what we talk about into their own words and, and hear that message coming through and go, Yep, I Yep, that message is getting through. So so that's good. And and like jobs, pains and gains. I mean, I know we say it like a hundred times a day during the program, but it's yeah, it is it's really good and it feels good. And when you know that that's what you're helping someone to achieve, to eliminate that problem that they're having and achieve that objective that they want in their life, it's great feeling. So yeah, and if you can start with that, it's good. Yeah. And the best thing about finding out where to even get all this information, um, there are hundreds of different websites that still hone in on the same thing. So that's Canvanizer, um, where they talk about, um, like, where you can write down, you know, your, um, you know, what you sell, who is your competitors, who are your customers, and that sort of thing. And and they're free. All of that stuff is, is free online. And then on top of that, there is YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video, which explains step by step how to create a customer segment, how to do a business plan, how to, it, it's, it is all online and it's all free. So it would take you a week's work. Like I personally, I would set a week aside to really sit down and, and, and write all that information out and have it on paper and work out what it is that you are going to do as a business and what is going to set you, like want to go set you apart from everybody else. And I'll drop some links to uh, to the Lean Canvas and the Strategizer site and a couple of the other links in the show notes for anyone who's listening. So awesome. All righty. So people have been listening to us and they're going, I feel like doing some craft now. Where can I get some felt? <laughs> so where can they get some felt? <laughs> Excellent question, Joy. <laughs> um, okay, so it's very easy. They can pop online 
to www.myfeltlady.com. So that's M-Y-F-E-L-T-L-A-D-Y.com. It is an Australian business, so we you can have uh, so you can purchase all your products on there. Um, you can drop me a line um, on my phone number, which is 0428 122639. I'll tell you a little funny thing about my phone number too in a second. Um, and then um, if you want to send me an email, it's sales at myfeltlady.com. Good. And, and then all socials? my handles on Facebook. All my handles for Facebook and and um, Instagram are, are my felt lady, as well as as well as Pinterest. If you want to check out some of my boards, lovely. And uh, if you follow Candice on Instagram, it actually makes for like just the most entertaining read. <laughs> to to you you see the beautiful picture to start with, and then you see what what Candice wrote, but then you see what her clients write, and then how she responds to them, and it just makes my day. I often just scroll through it in the morning to go. Oh, I love just being, a, a, you know, a fly on the wall of that conversation. So, um, yeah, ch- go check it out on Instagram. <laughs> and that goes back to how I like to connect with my customers. You know, I will write something, even my even my newsletters. Um, one of my newsletters was titled, You Will Not Believe What I Found in My Toilet. And it has nothing to do with the actual toilet. It was just, it was just, you know, and that's and and the and the comments I got from following that were just hysterical. People were relating to it, and oh my gosh, it was so funny. You, you've just got to you've just got to be normal, like be yourself. People will like you for who you are. So that's it. absolutely real, authentic. That's that's what we want. So no, that's great. And I'll share something here with you, Joy, that not many people know. Um, but my mobile number actually spells my name. Oh, does it really? Yeah. So <laughs> did you swing that? So when I was so when I was eighteen, <laughs> I've had this number since I was eighteen years old. Um, I was moving back to Quilpie, and I needed to get a phone that would actually work out there. Um, and Telstra was like, oh, yeah, so here's the plan. You can go on. Oh, and, and you know, we've got a new feature now. You can choose your number. And I was like, oh, oh, cool. So, what, how, like, how do I, like, what, how do I go about that? And um, the, it turned out that we could have these few digits at the front and then we worked out how that it, we could spell my name. So it's 04281 Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, back then, I thought it was really cool, but, um, you know, when I do talk about it a bit more, it does sound a bit, um, yeah, a little bit very childish, but <laughs> I've had works. this number my whole life. It works and it's great. <laughs> Fantastic. So I have one last question for you before we wrap up for today. So if anyone is listening, other than them coming to your website and purchasing some felt or some patterns and those sorts of things, is there anything else that someone listening might be able to do for you? What do you need at the moment? Oh, that is awesome. Um, okay, so uh, so one of my employees is doing this at the moment. Um, we are looking for um, designers out there who have an idea for patterns and or for tutorials to use with felt. Now, we actually pay people for that. So we, like whilst I have designs, um, coming out of my my ears, I just don't have the time to do it, and we're getting to a point now where we want to support someone who is at home who thinks, oh, I think this would be a really good idea to make, and then if you think, oh wow, people really love this, 
would they love the pattern or would they love to learn how to make it themselves? Definitely get in touch. One of the things that um, we love most in our in the felt industry is imagination play. Um, so when we talk about that, children who uh, are pet parents or, or stay-at-home parents who want to make things for their children um, want to use wool felt for those products. And things like felt activity boards, we've designed one. Um, but then there's like felt foods and then little felt locks and things like that. Like those are things that we are, are desperately in the need for. So if there are anybody out there who's keen to, um, you know, who's who's a good drawer and a good sewer or hand sewer, you know, definitely get in touch. Pitch me your idea. Show me what you've got. <laughs> Love it. Creative people, get your creative hats on and see what you can come up with. And, and in the meantime, buy some felt to practice on them too. Wonderful. Well, look, thanks, Candice, for joining us. We're really, really happy that you applied for Flair. Glad that we were able to bring you in for the program. We're not quite halfway through yet, but you've made some awesome progress already. And we look forward to seeing what you do over, well, not only the rest of the program, but with My Felt Lady going forward as well. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Joy. This has been really fun. I can't believe how much time has passed. It does slip by. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Ideas into Reality episode. And we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned that will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app And let your friends know too. They might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode. Thank you.